Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Well, hey, my name is Pastor Spencer. I'm the family pastor here at NCC. And let me just say, uh, glad that you guys are here spending part of your Sunday with us. Uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you or your family yet, I would love to get through that. I'll be right at the back at the end of service. So come on by and I'd uh, love to get you a gift also. But who's excited to be at church this morning? It's a good day. That's right. Amen. Um, man, we are in our series, Acts, as you just saw, and we are continuing in this as a, in our third weeks, and it's super exciting, because I don't know if you guys know anything about the book of Acts, but there's a lot of stuff happening, and if you've missed the first couple of weeks, you can go back and check it out and listen to the podcast. Uh, week one, Pastor Aaron talked about Acts chapter one, verse eight, uh, and that's a, an incredible passage that we're going to even incorporate a little bit today, that we will receive power when the Spirit comes on us to be a witness. And so we're going to talk about that. But if you don't know anything about the book of Acts, let me give you a little bit of background. Acts is written by a man named Luke, who also wrote a couple other things in the Bible. Uh, uh, some of you may know his book, Luke, in the Gospels, uh, one of the four go Gospels that tells about the story of Jesus, about how he came to the earth, how he lived a sinless life, how he died and was raised again, and then now we are in Acts where he has left his Spirit to us. And we're talking about what God's Spirit is for us and what it is to the church, what his spirit's purpose is and how it is used. So this morning, if you want to take notes, there's a sermon note, a uh, piece of paper in the seat in front of you. And we're going to talk about that right there, that, um, that God's spirit is growing the church. And that's what we're looking at in Acts chapter 2 this morning. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there. Or if you don't have one, there's one in the seat right in front of you. And that's our gift to you if you do not have one. But we're going to be on page 530 in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And if you want to hold your finger there just for a second, um, Acts is actually, uh, if you look in the, the original writings and the, scr the scrolls and all these different things of the Bible, you would actually see that Acts is a second part of Luke's gospel. Uh, back, in, back in the days, they didn't actually write different books necessarily like we have them, but at the top of this letter from Luke, there's this word praxis, uh, and it means Acts. And what it was used in the Greek terminology was a, a term to recognize men or women that had, had great achievements. You know, it, it was a recognizing term of somebody of, of great stature or of something that did something incredible. And so as we look at the book this morning, we do have to come at it with a perspective knowing that this is not about the acts that the apostles did by themselves, but what we're looking at is how God's spirit was used in the apostles. And so we want to look at that and go, okay, God, how can you use your spirit in me as the church begins to grow and as your spirit calls me to go into all of the world and to make disciples? And so we're going to start there at Acts chapter number 2, verse 42, if you want to read along with me. It says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship to the breaking of the bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, 
praising God and having favor with all of the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray real quick. God, as we begin to unpack your word, the Bible, God, I ask you that each and every one of us would begin to open up our hearts. You would open up our ears, Lord, no matter where we come from, what other background we may have. God, that you would right now prepare us for what you want to speak to us today, that your will be done today as we understand a little bit more about what you've done for us in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been talking about this idea that we are all made for more. And Pastor Adam just hit it perfectly. We went through the four declarations. You see them on the wall as you walk in uh, right before the sanctuary. And we've even got these little brochures and, and booklets that you can go through and help you figure out how you can personally grow in Christ. And so back in the Bible days, they didn't have a cool church like NCC that would give you all this stuff for you. And so where we're at in the book here in Acts is we're learning about the very first church, if you will. This is the first time people are beginning to come together and talk about who Jesus is on a big scale. And so we're going to dig into a little bit of this passage right here and break it down so we can help understand how God's spirit is going to help us here and now in our day to grow his church, all right? And let me just say, when we talk about the church this morning, it does not mean the four-walled building that you sit in. What we're gonna see here in the passage is that the people that are living out God's will, they are the church. The people in this room that are saying, man, I, I know God personally. I have a relationship with him, and I know his will is for me to take the message of Jesus to the world. You are the church. That's what we're looking at this morning. So take that in as we look at Acts chapter 242 a little bit deeper because what we're seeing right here is a couple different things. We've got a group of people that it talks about because it says, and they, right? That's, so that's talking about a people that are coming in to know about Jesus. Uh, we just talked about a second ago. Jesus has died. He's risen, ascended into heaven, and he left us with his Holy Spirit. And so it says that these people, they begin to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching is about Jesus, the story of Jesus. And this word devoted is kind of unique, and I like it a lot. Uh, I've heard it in terms of marriage a lot, right? People devote themselves to one another. But other, other terms I've heard of as uh, referred to would be this idea of um, a diehard fan. Do I have any diehard fans of any teams in the room this morning? Football, basketball, like one of you? Okay, wow, y'all are super diehard, I can tell. We had some people in first service who were like, yeah, Steeler Nation! They're like yelling, like that's diehard fan, right? No Cowboys fans, I guess, in the room. Okay, a little bit, okay. So this, this idea of being devoted talks about, man, you are diehard, you are all in no matter what. You know, there's some people, they will watch every second of every game no matter what. Like babies being born, hold on, wait, hold on, wait for the timeout. Okay, we're good, let's go, right? And they'll, they'll do whatever they have to to make sure they are there at all times. Um, another idea of this word devoted, I think of an occupation like a bodyguard. I do not want an undevoted bodyguard to protect me. Is that right? You agree with me? But a bodyguard is there saying, hey, I'm willing to jump in front of any bullet that comes. I'm ready to do whatever it takes to protect that person. So these people that are learning the teachings of the apostles, learning the teachings of Jesus are saying they were devoted. That means they didn't just kind of like uh, laissez-faire, walk around and go, oh, I think I'll listen to some of it. And I think I'll listen to uh, not listen to some of it. They said, hey, I am committing everything to this. I'm going to put all of my attention, all my focus. I'm going to be devoted to the apostles' teaching. Right after that, it says, to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. Now, this word is unique because lots of us, we can use that in like, oh, we're fellowshipping, we're hanging out. And you can fellowship with people that you don't really know, right? But the word in the Greek of this right here is koinonia. And koinonia has a couple different definitions. One of them is joining together, which can be a little bit more broad. 
But the other two, I think, are a little bit more specific, to be associated with. You know, there's some people that, that you, can, you can fellowship with, but you don't want to be associated with them, right? Or this, this is my favorite one, to contribute, to fellowship with people or to contribute with people. Now, this, I feel like, is the perfect example of what we see here in the book of Acts, of the people that we're talking about, because right after this, we see how they contributed into the body of Christ, into the church. Because if you look at verse 45, we see a very radical thing that we don't see very often in our modern day, but this says the people begin to sell all of their possessions, not for profit, not to go buy some more stuff, but to give to everyone as they need it, right? So this takes definitely somebody that is committed and going, hey, I'm, I'm all in, I, I'm gonna be devoted, I'm gonna have this fellowship with you, I'm gonna be in one mind and one accord, because I'm pretty sure most people in the room, if you went to sell your car, you wouldn't be like, oh, here, you can have it, I don't need a car, you can have the money. No, you're going, how can I upgrade, right? How do I get the leather seats and the nav? I want that kind of stuff. And so this, the, the people here that, are, that the apostles and disciples are beginning to teach, they're, they're seeing this radical obedience and, and buy-in to this mission that Jesus left them with, that we see them going, hey, I'll, I'll put everything I've got in. I'll contribute anything that needs to. And that's because in verse 44, it says this, and all who believed were together and they had all things in common. Think about it, all things in common. Most of our families in this room have trouble having all things in common. What do you want for lunch? Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A, Whataburger, like Outback, Steakhouse, come on. Uh, so we have trouble with this idea of all coming together, but the cool thing about this is they didn't all come together with one person's idea. They were all coming together with the will of God. And this is where we see the church become the church. When people begin to grasp this concept of going, okay, not my will, not what I want in my life, not what I think I need, God, what do you want? What are you calling me to? Who are you calling me to be? Go back, how am I made for more, right? We're looking for what God's purpose is in our life. And so this is what we begin to see these people doing. They're seeking God's will. Now, I don't know if anybody else in this room has ever tried to, to seek God's will. It's difficult, right? Because we've all got our own motives, We've all got things that we want, right? I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever been looking for a job, but most of the time we want the better paying job, not the less paying job. Is that right? Is that just me? No, okay, okay. So we're on the same page. So what if God says, hey, my will isn't for you to have that. I need you to actually go do this because I've got a plan for you. I know it's less money. God, I, I don't know. You know, that just doesn't seem like your will if you're not blessing me more and more. The crazy thing about God's will is it's not always the thing that looks like the most blessing for you. Because God's will may be for you to be a blessing to somebody else. And that's what the early church began to, re to realize. They're not there for themselves. Jesus came for them. That's all they needed. Now they're going out into the world and doing what he's called them to do. And so, so if you're looking at maybe some situations in your life, you may be looking for a new job. You may be making relationship decisions. You may be doing all this and going, God, what's your will? And you may need to put a new perspective of not, not what's the most pleasant, not what's the easiest, because God's will is not always that. You look at the disciples' story, the story of Jesus, all of these things. Do you think it was easiest for Jesus to go die on a cross? No, but it was the will that he was sent for. Do you think it was the disciples' uh, plans and decisions and the, for the best for them to get stoned to death? No, but God said, I've got a purpose greater than what you can see and what you can imagine. And so that's what we see here is all of these people going, okay, we're coming together. We're going to be devoted. We're going to be all in one fellowship, in, in one mind, one accord, not for one of our ideas, but God, for your idea. And this idea we see in Matthew 28, 19, you don't have to flip there, but if you're taking notes, write that passage down. This is considered the great commission. 
Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go into all of the world and do what? Make disciples. Tell people about Jesus. Baptize them in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is the, one of the last things Jesus said before he went into heaven. This is what we're called to do. We're not called to go get a job and make money and have a nice family and all that. That's good stuff, and God will bless that stuff, but are we in line with his will for all of our lives to go, okay, my sole purpose, God, I exist for you. That's what they're saying here in the book of Acts. So what does that look like for some of us here today that would say, you know what, Pastor Spencer, I don't even know if I believe in Jesus yet. I'm not there, right? You've heard people say that, ah, I'm not there yet. I'm not there. And, and let me just encourage you to say there is just one decision away. It's one decision. Every one of us, we are one decision away from growing closer to God. Every day we decide to wake up and say, God, thank you for this day. We grow closer to God. When you decide to open up your Bible and say, God, I'm committing to your word that it shapes my life today. When we say, hey, my family is going to be built on the foundation of love that you've showed us. It's one decision away. And so I encourage you, how, what is that decision for you today? How can you continue to grow? Because these disciples, they begin to do a lot of different things that, that we would say would be radical for us nowadays. I mean, let's continue to look. Verse 46, here's a crazy one. It says this, and day by day, they attended the temple together. Now, let me just start off, disclaimer, we are not having church every day. I'm sorry. I know you guys were looking forward to coming tomorrow morning also. This, this was a, a daily thing for them where they had this, this thing going on that every single day, the NIV says every day, uh, ESV says uh, day after day. I'm telling you, there's no confusion. This wasn't like once in a while. It was an everyday continual process of learning who God was of growing closer to him, of, of understanding why Jesus came and, and what is the spirit that was left for us. They're taking this day by day. And honestly, some of us, man, I'll, I'll be the first one to say this morning, I had trouble getting out of bed. It was one of those days, man, I am so tired. I stayed up too late. Uh, am I sure it's Sunday? It's not Saturday. Can I sleep in? Okay, we got to go to both services. Are you sure? Like, we got to serve. We got to do all this. And anybody else been there before? It's not always easy, and so that's where we see that the will of God is not always the will of man because we want usually what's easiest and what's best for us, and God says, hey, I'll show you what's really best for you if you just obey my will, if you just seek me, grow closer to me. And so it says, every day, day by day, they attended the temple together. They began to break bread in their homes. Now, here's another biblical point. We said scripture is going to shape our life. That's our declaration, right? Scripture is going to shape our life. These guys were meeting in homes. We have small groups. This is a biblical concept where we go, this is vital to our growth and our relationship with God is that we're meeting together with people that know Jesus and that can help challenge us. But some of us go, ah, I just kind of pick and choose which part of scripture shapes my life. I love the blessing part. Come on, Lord. Yes, right? But the whole like, I need to meet in people's houses and break bread. Ah, I'm not so keen to that. At what point do we say, okay, no longer am I going to pick and choose which religion I want to be a part of, but I'm going to go, God, whatever your word says, that's the will. That's what I'm going to shape. That's what's going to shape my life. God, I'm listening to your word. I'm being obedient to your word and your will. And so that's what we see them doing. They're breaking bread together. They're meeting in each other's homes. And this wasn't always easy. And I'm sure it probably, I mean, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. It may have been easier than nowadays. Because I'm just thinking half of, half of some of our days is like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the other half is like Netflix. And, you know, like we, we have trouble finding time to do stuff because we have so much stuff that we can do. Back then it may not have been that way, but, but I, I bet there were times where they still had to make tough decisions. 
Even some, I know families in the room today would say, hey, I struggle with the balance of, you know, getting my kids in athletics and sports and get into church, right? Sundays and Wednesdays used to be days for church, and now it's kind of like Sundays and Wednesdays are another day to do more things. And so I've seen this balance easily get out of, out of whack either way. And so these people are going, hey, if we're going to follow Jesus, if we're going to have the will of God, if we're going to let God's spirit help grow the church, the people of God, then we've got to sacrifice something. We're not just going to come in and, and do what we feel is best and what we like the best, but we're going to give God all of that. So whatever that means for us, uh, the, for them it was you know, selling possessions. They had to give stuff so that, that people could get what they needed, so they could have clothes and all of these different things. And so here's where we're looking at today. God, where in my life do I need to, to put that into, into action? Is it, is it the will? Is it, am I going by, based on my will? God, am I going where I want to go or am I going where you want to go? Am I obeying what it says in the scripture? Am I looking at scripture going, okay, God, this is going to shape my life, so I'm going to make sure whatever it says in the word, I'm going to challenge myself to do. Am I going to challenge my family to do it? Because here's what the deal is. God wants the best for us, but for the best of us, he's got to have all of us. If you want the best for you, you've got to give all of you to God. We can't compartmentalize and put some of us over here and say, okay, God, you can have this part, but this is, this is mine. This is my time, because when we're obedient to God, that's when his spirit works inside of us. We've got a story of somebody uh, here in the church that, that is a perfect example of this, of a time where, where sometimes we have to jump out of our own comfort zone and trust that God's will is way greater than our own, even if it scares us. Check this video out. Hi, my name is Simone Torres, and my family and I have been going to NCC for a little over two years now. I have felt that God has been challenging me to be a little bolder and more intentional and the people that I've been meeting in my everyday life. Um, one day I was going to my regular gym session and I found out that day that I was going to start having a partner. And I was really excited and I wanted to see, you know, where God was going to lead me in this challenge. And we started developing our relationship and um, one day we started talking about, um, you know, our past and our background and um, she had told me that she just didn't felt like she was as close to God as she once was. And so um, I told her that, you know, God's always there for us, that He's the one that desires that relationship for us and we're His children. And he just wants us to come back to him, that it's he's just waiting on us. After that, I remembered when we were leaving that I had a next steps guide in my purse. And I handed it to her and I said, you know, you might not know where to start right now, but this might give you a few ideas. Um, just look it over and see where you can start taking your next steps. Since then, I've started seeing a huge change in her. Um, she's got her desire back and she's starting to inspire others and just really keep a positive outlook. And she has started to spiritually dive into herself a little bit deeper into that connection with her and God. For me, what God has continued to do is to challenge me to continue those relationships and not just stop there at meeting those people and talking to them, but actually start discipling them. And 
to really challenge me in the aspect of whenever I get anxious or nervous or scared about how to do that or what to say, to not listen to those and just lean on him and let him guide me on the direction that I need to take. My name is Simone and I am made for more. Such an awesome story because uh, as we sat down and shot this video with Simone, she talked about how it's not always easy to share your faith, right? It's not always easy to tell people what you believe. It's not easy to take that leap of faith and go, hey, why don't you, help, why don't you try this? We get scared. We get worried about what people will think. Maybe we disqualify ourselves. Ah, I just, I just don't know enough. Haven't been in church long enough. This is where the Spirit of God that we see in the book of Acts is so important. Jesus has left us, but when he left, he said, I'm leaving you a helper. An advocate is the word. That advocate is the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 1, chapter 8, it says, when the Spirit gives you power, that you can be a witness. It doesn't say because of your own power, not because of how much you work out, not because of how much you read, because when God's Spirit comes upon you, he can work in and through you. And that's what we see in, in that story of Simone. That's what we see in, in so many stories that we've heard from people here at NCC is that when they go, okay, God, when I surrender to you and say, hey, I am weak, that's when his strength is seen. Not our strength, but his strength. And so how are we doing that? Simone applied what she learned at church. She took the brochure of how to grow in her next steps, and she took it to somebody and said, hey, here's something that can help you. How are you taking what you've learned and applied it? Because the people that we see in the book of Acts didn't just take everything in and say, this is great, I'm gonna be good. They weren't just consumers, but they were going out and distributing the same stuff and they were going out and they were giving it to other people going, hey, here's what happened in my life. Here's how God changed me. Here's what God is doing in me. And this is how God's spirit began to grow the church that people begin to talk to other people and people begin to encourage other people. That as, as I grew, I would help grow somebody else. And, and this was a process that went on and on. And all of us went, okay, God, with your spirit, I can do all things. I can do all things, not some things. I can do all things. There's nothing off limits. God, because with your power, with your spirit inside of me, it's limitless. And so this morning, I want to look at the very last verse here in Acts 2 before we close. And it says this right here, and it's a powerful part. Acts 2, I believe it's 47. It says, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I've heard lots of people take this passage and go, well, pastor, you know what? It's not about the numbers. It's not about the numbers. And I agree, it's not about the numbers. It's about the saved lives. And if every number represents somebody that knows Jesus, then those numbers are important because those numbers are a person with a face and with a name and a story and somebody that God cares about and says, I've made them for more just like you. And if you think it's all about you and you're gonna come to church and you're gonna receive and that's it, then you've got it wrong because you're not here for you, you're here for me. My story. And God is saying, what are you doing to grow the church? What are you doing to grow the, the group of people that call Jesus Lord and Savior? 
How are you stepping out of your own comfort zone going, okay, God, I know I'm not a good speaker. Moses did it, and he stuttered. God, I, I know that, that I'm just young. David was 15, anointed king. He was made for more. You were made for more. There are people in your workplace. There are people in your school. There are people in your family that need you to take the spirit of God and the boldness that he gives you and begin to speak the truth that he's given you. That you're a son and a daughter of the king. That you are made for more. That no matter where your sin has taken you, that his grace has abound and that there is nothing that can hold you down any longer. And so this morning, I want to challenge you. Maybe there's people in here that today you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that's perfectly fine. Because like we said earlier, man, that's just one decision away. And today can be that first day where you begin a journey with the, the God that created you and said, hey, I've made you for something specific. I've got a purpose for you. This life is not pointless or meaningless. And he wants that relationship with you. He died on a cross for you so that you could live. And if that's you this morning, we're gonna have our prayer teams up here in just a minute. And I want you to come up and talk to them. I want you to ask them about that. Have, have them walk you through what it looks like to have a relationship and, and trust that this is one of the greatest things you can ever do is understanding that you were made for more. And for those of you in the room this morning that, that are believers of Jesus, you say, I'm a disciple, I'm a follower, I'm, I'm devoted to Christ. What are you doing now to continue to let the Spirit grow the church. Because if our job in Matthew 28 says we are called to go and make disciples and we're sitting at home making dinner, then we're doing something wrong. If we're called to go and make disciples and we're just worried about making money, we're doing something wrong. God says we are called by His Spirit to have power to go into all of the world, not even just mesquite, into all of the world. And so this morning, our prayer teams are gonna make their way forward right now. And some of you may, you may just need to get right with God. You may have known God before and you just need to come up and say, God, you know, I, I need forgiveness. I, I've been walking the wrong way. Some of you, man, you just need to get on your face and go, okay, God, I've just been selfish. It's all been my will and not yours. God's spirit wants to use you. It's in you that you have power. In, in Acts 1.8, it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit. That word power in the Greek is translated dynamite. This is not pop rocks and sparklers. This is dynamite. That power is magnificent, and it can change lives. You have to receive it and begin to live in it. Let's pray together this morning. God, we just thank you for what you're doing in this place. God, in this city, in the hearts and the minds and the souls of the people here today, and God, we're believing that today is not like any other day. We're believing that today as we're listening to your word and we're understanding that we were created for more, that your spirit lives inside of us and gives us power to go into all the world, to build up your church, to share the story, the gospel, the good news of who Jesus Christ is. God, that you would enable us. You would help us realize that none of us are unqualified that none of us are incapable, none of us are too weak or have gone too far, that God, with your grace, Lord, we can do anything. With your power, we are equipped to do anything. God, with your spirit, we can go into all of the world and share the good news. Lord, I pray for boldness in the, in the hearts and the mind of every person here today. God, that you would challenge them. Lord, that they would not be okay with staying seated, but Lord, that they would stand up for you. God, that they would stand up for what you've done for them and they would begin to share what that is. 
Lord, that they would speak to their coworkers, to their family, to their friends, that they would share the good news. And God, that you would be glorified in all of this. It's in your name we pray, amen. Right now, if you would, go ahead and stand up. The band is gonna begin to play. Our prayer team is here. If you wanna come and talk with them, that's great. If you wanna find a spot at the altar at your seat to pray, spend a couple minutes in the presence of God this morning and ask him what his will is for your life and how his spirit can live in you. And when you're done, you can leave. We'll see you next week.